This is the Take Your Meds podcast, your safe space to explore how you can brighten up your life from the inside out. We're diving deep into the different medicine millennials take to turn their light on. Season one gives some insights into how you can navigate your quarter life crisis and find the confidence to be your authentic self. On this episode, I sit down with my high school friend, Alana Nolan. Listen in to hear how purpose turns into medicine. On today's episode, I am so, so lucky to be sitting down with Alana, Alana Nolan all the way from Australia. G'day, mate. <laughs> G'day, mate. Alana, how are you? So well, so happy to catch up with you, connect, share this space and participate in like the thing I wish I had two years ago, three years ago. Oh, I love it. I love it. And for everyone that's listening, Alana and I actually went to high school together. We only we only had one year together. It was that final year, hey. It was so many great economics classes, you know, where we just <laughs> oh, really bonded. Right. <laughs> economics, yeah. So shout out Sancisto for bringing us together. But Alana is actually someone who has a really special place in my heart. And Alana actually was the first person who came up to me when I started in the final year of high school and said, hi, would you like to sit with us? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I am the official mean girl of <laughs> in a nice no. way. Yeah, you're the nice mean girl. No, but Alana actually is such an inspiring woman. She's always been very, I would say, like aware and conscious. I always felt really alive whenever we would connect. And there was just something about you that I felt like you've got your light on and you are unapologetically you and you aren't afraid to speak your truth and just take up space as who you are. And I've always really like found that so inspiring. So welcome to the episode. And yeah, how are you? What's alive? I mean, I find it so amazing that you feel like you've always felt that way around me because living in my body, in my experience, I probably only have felt a lot more comfortable taking up space. Now I actively seek to take up space and I ride this really thin piece of ice between narcissism and feminism (laughs) 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 and awareness and doing what's right for you and what's best for you and being really self-centered, which Mm. whether you care about being self-centered or not, we can talk about later and whether that's about other people's perceptions or your own truth. I don't know. Oh, I want to go there. Let's go there. Let's go there. <laughs> what does that mean for you? What does that mean? Um, I think if you – so where I am now, um, I run a company that makes products for new mums to help with vaginal recovery and in the near future C-section recovery because we love all mums. Um And to get there was a really hard journey and it's a very male-dominated space being startups, funding, health hospitals, all that jazz. So 
there's a, you have to find if you really want to do something, if you feel like this is a drive, this is my mission, this is important. No one else is going to do this. Why is no one else doing this? Am I the only person that cares or has thought that these products need to be out there or this message needs to be out there? You have no choice but to go mm. get out of the way or, hi, my name's Alana, I need to talk to you about this. Or, hi, I need help. Or, hi, mm. can we can we get our products in your store? So I think the more you live in alignment with what your purpose in life is, the more it is just really positive taking up space as opposed to any toxic projection of fears, insecurities, narcissism, all of that stuff. So Mm. that's my view on it. I think if you're doing what's best for yourself and for the greater world, planet, good community, um, Mm then being self-centered and protecting your space and protecting your health and asking for what you want and need to feel good and going and getting what you think you should have or do next is probably really on the right track. Mm. As opposed to when you see people who, especially in social settings, maybe socialize a lot, go out, drink a lot, show off a lot, social media a lot. There's some elements of is that behavior to cover or protect an insecurity or seek acceptance or it's not really aligned Mm. with anything bigger than you so Mm. I say and especially like what you do what you're doing now what you have been doing you needed to take up heaps of space you were like hey Mm. New Zealand government make some space for me I've got shit to say Yeah, it's been it's been a really interesting journey for me with it because I there's like a real crazy tall poppy syndrome in New Zealand, and I don't know if that's like the vibe over there. Hundred percent. Ah, interesting. Because I find like Aussies still a little bit like a bit more confident, blurring on the line of arrogance, whereas Kiwis are kind of more passive and. Yeah, I've definitely found that there's been times where it's like, oh, hang on, you're shining a bit too bright. Let's just bring you down a notch, mm. you know. And and because I haven't always had a really rock solid foundation internally, all the shame and the guilt of that, I've just like squished myself down and just become this like tiny little thing not taking up any space Mm. and causing like destruction around me because of it because it's not my authentic self and so yeah it's been a really interesting journey but I think where I've got to it is like I just want to be a reference point for other other women in particular in New Zealand that have experienced mental distress to be able to know and recognize that oh, wow, she was able to do that. Maybe I could too. And that's always been like a really big driver for me. But yeah, it's definitely rocked rocked me quite a bit. But by doing that, it's solidified my foundations internally. So I'm really grateful for it. Do you Mm. know what I mean? Yes. Like if that didn't happen, I wouldn't be as grounded and know like my core values are the limiting beliefs that I have overcome are, you know, like the person I'm becoming is these affirmations are alive every day. Like, you know, like I'm in flow with my bleed. Like I don't 
stack up a whole lot of things, you know, in the periods of the month that I know I need to be in my winter. Yeah. So I don't have that <laughs> practice at this point. <laughs> yet. Um, yet. I think the what we were talking about just before about feminine and masculine energy I find that with everything, there's a pendulum that exists in everything. So if someone hates someone heaps and heaps Donald Trump, right, the amount of hate that he has is on one side so polarized, so polarized, the pendulum's all the way over here. And then when you let the pendulum go, the people that love him would give their lives for him. They're so in love with him and it's the other end of the extreme. And I feel Mm. that way about everything that happens. There's two sides to everything. There's a positive and negative in every circumstance. And with energy, I have my default if I'm out of balance and if I'm not, you know, on my compass true north, I will lean towards masculine. I think that's my default behavior, learned behavior from Mm. observing just so many independent, overly strong academic that was always the path that I kind of was taking Mm. and I'll lean too far into my masculine. And then to correct that, I'll often lean too far into my feminine. And I find that for me, my really, really optimal place is when the pendulum's just swinging like 5% either side. Mm. And I feel like when I do business, you, you really can't have business without a masculine energy because it is masculine in its true essence being Mm. that it's to do with, money and transactions and that's very masculine but the way that we do business is so feminine we have relationship first model we make decisions based off our brand values and I am like an ex-consultant so when I talk about we do things off brand values I say it in every team meeting are we being thoughtful in this decision Mm. would that be beautiful and that's one of our brand values to make things that are beautiful and make women feel good the like I'm constantly putting that thoughtful, gentle, caring nature into decision making against men. I'm telling accountants, you know, we have to be thoughtful here. We have to be beautiful in how we're pitching this. Mm. Telling my team, they're telling me if I'm not being, you know, thoughtful or if I'm rushing. But there's a masculine energy that comes from, hey, I need to go call this person and ask them for help hey, I need Mm. to go put myself out there and own that I have the ability to do this. And putting yourself out there isn't super feminine because feminine is a much more receptive energy. So I find Mm. it amazing. Like you've really moved into this feminine season in your life and it may last for quite a while. You're a new mom. You're Mm. moving into a new nurturing therapeutic realm for work. Mm. and we'll see how your pendulum swings. You may need to take up some masculine activities to create balance. (laughs) I love how you framed that, the the like pendulum swinging kind of 5% each way. And it's been a massive journey for me with those masculine and feminine energies. And as I look back, I can see times where I've just been so forceful and really what the situation had been asking for was a surrender. And since becoming a mother, it's been really beautiful to just really see that part of me have permission to come alive. And and that birth journey was excruciating, like... (laughs) 
you know, like, oh my God, I feel like I was going through the portal as Malachi was coming into this world. And I'm like, everything I know is just like totally crumbled and gone. And this process of like dying and then being reborn as a mother and then really embracing all that feminine energy. It's just like been really beautiful because I've realized like I was a really high output person and, and like I really got off on like doing a lot of stuff. And when I really sat with that and got to the root of it, it was like that was really just a trauma response, you mm. know, and when I could really go to work on that it meant that I could like put the masculine energy on the shelf and just be like, well, who am I? Who am I being? Where am I flowing? What's my intuition guiding me to? How can I just tune in and slow down and be? And it's been a really beautiful process. And so, yeah, I think I'm at this point now where I'm like trying to marry the masculine and the feminine together in this podcast and um, my new like, structure my new container my new enterprise that I'm building yeah as I can definitely feel sometimes the push pull (laughs) it's like push pull push pull (laughs) we were having a conversation today I was having a conversation with a one of my um yoga teachers and she's insanely brilliant with philosophy and I said to her I feel like you know something's always got to give so you look at your week's schedule and you might be trying to focus on this, 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 nutrition, yoga practice, meditation, waking up early, reading, working hard, achieving goals, having a relationship, doing grooming. Like, wow, when do I wash my hair? And I said, they can't all exist in every day. It's this tug of war between all of your priorities. And the more you become aware, the more you will actively seek your priorities instead of them trying to knock at your door. So when you're actively seeking them, there's more to do. And we were just talking about, you know, why are we feeling guilty that there's this push-pull? There's always going to, something's always going to have to give, which is why Mm. we look at a more feminine approach to routine and productivity of, okay, so within a week or within a month, what are my key priorities to address? Not every day wake up at four just to get in, all the things that are meant to make me feel good and then at the end of the day feel burnt out or resentful or tired or any of those things. And can we just take some pressure off? Like that's, for me, that's my feminine energy. And I do Mm. most things still like quite assertive, quite masculine, but my feminine energy is like, can we just not conform to what we should be doing? Like if it doesn't feel good, it ain't it. So Mm, I love that. That is a guiding light. Like what feels good for me? What feels good and right? Which is kind of like, is that that dance of like being in that feminine energy stroke, being narcissistic of like so self-absorbed of like, I'm just doing what feels good and right for me in every moment, you know, like how is that really led by spirit or of service or of the highest good, you know? Mm -hmm. And there's so much that... It, doing what feels good doesn't feel good when you are coming into it as a new, aware. Like when I was just trying to create change in my life because I was fundamentally unhappy. Doing what feels good for me riddled me with guilt because I was mm. still so under the 
me projecting onto myself the influence of what other people would want me to do or, Mm. you know, what will they say if I don't go to this dinner? What will they say if I don't drink? What will they say if I quit my job? All Mm. those things don't feel good. The fear of, you know, letting someone else down or someone else judging you or rejecting you or something negative. Mm. So that's where you've got two sides to everything, right? Like me doing what feels good for me comes with the negative of it might not feel good for someone else and they might try to project that onto me. That's the risk I'm going to have to take. Yes. The people pleasing though. Like how have you let go of that? Like how have you – because you talked about taking up space before Mm. and feeling like that's something more recently that you've come into. How do you unapologetically be you but still be open-minded to your own growth and evolution? Well, you try and we still do the people-pleasing. We just try not to do it as much. Um, Yes. And we notice sometimes during the people-pleasing, oh, shit. (laughs) Ah. It's happening. (laughs) Ah. (laughs) Ah, is it too late to turn around? Um, How do you be unapologetically you? I think – practice and I hate myself for saying that because I would have hated to hear that and I'll maybe go into it a bit more because that might be what's helpful so when I first wanted to step into chasing my life goal like at 25 this is the quarter life crisis we're talking about Mm. I was like what is my life I hate this I'm gonna end up waking up in 10 years And Miles spent my entire professional career doing something I didn't even know what it was. I don't even know how I got this job. I don't even like doing it. No one likes me doing it. I'm not the best person at it. I like work the least hours. Everything was bad. But I have no idea what I want to do. And I have no idea how to do that. And I'm so scared to make a change. I'm so safe with a salary. I'm so safe with the familiar. Everyone knows me as this now. That was all Mm. terrifying. Mm. We went through the whole... Like you had medicine, I probably just had no choice but to stop. And it's what I call universal feedback. So the universe kept giving me like, you know, a go slow sign, a wrong way turn back sign, a stop sign, and then a whack on the head. (laughs) Like you're an Mm. idiot. We gave you eight signs. Oh my God, yeah. And now it's so severe, you know, and I think now I try and catch them early because they get louder or scarier or more painful each time the universe has to tell you. So I didn't really have proactive medicine. I had a smack in the face. Can I ask what that was? I think it's just like repeatedly getting sick. Um, I ended up having like months out of the year off work, repeatedly getting sick. And then it was noticing that I was causing destruction in relationships, like with Mm. friends, family. I didn't talk to my mom for like four months. Oh my god. And my mom and yeah. I, like, you know, whether we look the same, we spent out, I've spent my whole life just with her. Yeah. So that, and then I was crying myself to sleep. I couldn't sleep. And then I was drinking wine oh. to try and go to sleep. And then the wine was keeping me up. So I would just lay in bed crying about all these things, hate my job. My mom's not talking to me. Why am I in this oh relationship? Gosh, Why am I friends with these people? And it was to that, like, cataclysmic level of, wow. And then you got, my hair started falling out. I'm getting breakouts repeatedly every week. I'm 25. Why do I have acne? Like what? (laughs) Wow. You're getting so much feedback. For me, that was what it was. Wow. And then I went and was doing coaching, which you know I'm a big advocate for, and started learning 
what was going on. It was like she told, she just showed me the mirror and I was like, oh shit, that's what's happening to you. (laughs) So once that all kind of cleared up, firstly, the universe started offering me opportunity. Like Mm. I didn't meditate and dream up owning a maternity company. That came to me, right? Mm. But then I was like, light bulb, I'm obsessed with this. I'm obsessed with women. I'm obsessed with helping people. I'm obsessed with business. I'm obsessed with being, you know, in control and a leader of something, a vision. I'm obsessed with a vision. Mm. I'm obsessed with change. I'm obsessed with making things. Like, let's do this. That's when the... That's when the motivation came for me to become more authentic. When Mm. I had the motivation to become more authentic because I knew if I didn't do the things, if I didn't speak up for myself, if I didn't ask for help or step into a podcast or a video or the limelight of some sort, it would just never come to fruition. No one else was going to make my company for me and then just give it to me made. So that was Mm. the motivation. So the first time that I was like, okay, I had to make a video and submit it to seed fund investors. Mm. The humiliation and shame, like I was mortified doing this video. I took like 400 takes and then I refused, like I didn't want to send it. Oh my God. So this is my first time of like leaning into just being Alana because someone will like that. Yeah. I stepped into an alias Like, let's just pretend, you know, if they hate you, like, that's not even you. You didn't even do that. That was a joke. (laughs) And then I just hit send. (laughs) And then, (laughs) you know where you're like, whatever your defense mechanism, safety mechanism is, like, step into that. Yes. Like, oh, no, we were just doing that as a joke. Like, we strategically made me ugly so (laughs) so that I would be more relatable. Like, that's the story I'm telling myself in case someone goes, God, you look ugly in that video. No, 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 we did that on purpose because, like, I was... I would obviously never do that, but, and that was, that was my strategy. And it was maybe three times of like fake, that's Mm. not me. I've stepped out of my body to press send. Mm. And then you get positive feedback from what was actually authentically me. And I'm going to just pretend it's not if it goes wrong. The people responded positively to my authentic me that I sent. So then I was like, okay, okay I'll take credit for that too. Yeah, no, that was actually me. <laughs> and, wow. and I love this now and I'm so happy to be here. So that would be my advice. Like practice with yeah. a safety net, with your own protection, whatever it means for you. Um, and it's eventually kind of- you're like, okay, cool. Some people like it. When I'm in my truth, I don't get a lot of negative feedback. When I'm mm. being insecure and I want to post like some hoey photo on Instagram, haven't done that yet, but may do, um, I imagine I'll get really a lot of criticism behind the scenes. People be like, have you seen Alana being a hoe on Instagram? Who does she think she is? She's not even got tits. Whatever. But that, when I'm those like... Those people have to go. No, no, they're fine because I'm not doing something that's genuinely beautiful. When I do book reviews, I'm the dorkiest person in Brisbane. I love But people love reviews. the book reviews and who cares? It's wholesome content. I love reading. If I can share that with the incentive or the intention of someone else ever picking up a book, mm. then I'll shame myself and do dumb book reviews. And I don't get I any it. hate mail out of my 400, you know, friends on the internet. Because it's the energy, right? The energy is good. The energy is like, let's all do this together. Be better. 
that's it. Be better. And I think what's really interesting about what you've just described is that it's almost like you were able to identify who it was that you needed to become in order to be able to fully like be in your potential of your authentic self. Like sometimes I've noticed even like with myself and other people that there kind of comes to a point where you're like calibrating into like a new version of who you are and it's this it's a really scary like space and time because it's like everything that you knew is kind of like like leveling out so that a foundation can be built for who you're becoming and it's really powerful to hear you just like essentially decide hey who I'm becoming is this like powerhouse of a woman who goes to these seed fund investors in this persona and it's like it's who I am but it's who I'm not you know it's like well it is who uh, you are a powerful tool it's it is, who you yeah. are that you well if it wasn't within you to be you wouldn't be able to do it is the way that I see it like totally there is infinite potential and possibility in the world but if you can't physically or capably become, then you won't. So mm. for me to become this version of me, it had to have been there. Yeah, and I think absolutely. what happens is you're leaning more, the more positive feedback I get from the universe, as in opportunity, support, through random things, like, you know, getting the ideal parking space so I can arrive on time to a meeting. That's what I mean, like the tiniest things. Yes. That's evidence that you're with, your true self and your true self is here for a reason to contribute to this whole show that the universe has got going on. What we do is we grow up against our true self because we Mm. grow up learning how to be other people. We grow up mirroring behavior, right? That's not my behavior. Mm. That's my mom's behavior. That's my teacher's behavior. That's Mm. Gemma's behavior. Mm. And we do that for, you know, it's biological, the safety, herd, mentality Mm. we have to at some point when we are old enough independent enough able enough to look after ourselves unpack all that shit and Mm. then audit it which things are me which things have I just mirrored and now I've done it so long that I think it's me which things Mm. are me which things aren't really me Oh, that, that's something I'm going to sit and journal with. I feel like that's like a lifelong journey of like, yeah. of just rediscovering who you are or remembering who you are. Because it's so difficult to, it's like, who am I without all of this? It seems like there's like nothing, but there you is have nothing. to pull it all back in order for yourself to be become clearer or for who you really are for your light to really come on it needs all of that to be pulled away that's a really powerful set of questions and then the next question you can ask yourself is who am I and you ask it every day you ask it every month you ask it every year because who you are now look at your life journey you're not once you say Mm. like I'm peeling back the junk You'll never find this consistent forever version of you because you then become a mother. And everything Mm. that you hold as most important in your life, you never knew about before. So Mm. your fundamental core values, beliefs, dreams change. And so that's who Mm. you are. And some of your old behaviors, you'll have to peel those what were once true to you are now not true to you. And in the inverse, we pick up 
we pick up more behaviors because we're constantly monkeys. We're constantly mirroring people. You go into a new work environment, you might start eating the same snacks as someone next to you. And the same with behaviors. You might start mm. believing that meditation is the, the gift of life that will save everyone. Then you go into a new workplace and you're like, no, it's CrossFit. CrossFit's the gift. Like mm. we have to constantly audit ourselves. That's self-awareness. It's not a one-year task, a one-month task, a one-weekend retreat. It's yeah. a practice. That's it. And that practice comes from within as well. Like I think it's been really interesting for me over the years to realize that I'm not going to arrive at this destination where I'm like, I'm me, I'm like, I'm whatever. What I have noticed though, that I have been able to, when I am in real alignment with my purpose, my core values, speaking my truth, like if I'm, if I'm like really activated, creative, all those things, what I actually arrive at is peacefulness. Mm -hmm. And that's blowing my mind because it's like, it's not an external achievement or like, it's not an external milestone. It's just like, I know when I'm in full alignment because I'm peaceful. And I think that's definitely something I've heard other millennials talk about of like, oh, you know, like I need to go and find myself at this next retreat and, you know, this next podcast or another TED talk or some personal development thing. And it's like, what if, what if you could just pull back all the layers and like you say, do an audit and create a better story that helps you understand that right where you are is perfect and cultivating that self-awareness internally. I just think is a game changer. I'm curious to understand from like your point of view, what would you say has been medicine in you finding peacefulness or you finding stillness and like maybe gratitude mm. of just like, I'm okay. The world is okay. Like, I'm me, I'm good, you know, like what, what's been your medicine on that journey? Yeah, I think now I have some really good behaviors and what I would consider my medicine to keep me in a place where I operate in my best version of myself. The first one is to what you were just speaking about. There is no end goal. Mm -hmm. Like if yeah. I could tattoo that on people's faces, I would. And I ask people often, what, what happens at this finish line that you are so obsessed with? I'll do this when, I'll do this when. Like mm. when you finish, what do you think happens next? Mm. Like nothing. Who wants to finish? Let's just keep playing. So that mentality I would say is the most, gives you the most permission and that's so healing for me because mm. taking the pressure off is one of the things that makes me feel less stressed and more safe. My medicines mm. on a weekly, monthly basis, meditation, love, do it, do it often, do it in all different ways, guided, unguided, teeth brushing, walking, listening to music. If you're conscious that it's meditation, it's meditation. That's my rule. <laughs> and then you're centered. You've heard yourself. I always feel like it's coming home, going into my home and like tapping into the the well of my 
potential and tapping into the universe. Like I go home and I visit the universe. And when I come out of my meditation, I'm operating from here, me, instead of operating in the external mayhem of the world. And everything's better when you stay here at like your power base, you know. So there's that. I obviously do yoga for the same kind of reason, but also just to have a juicy connection with my body. Like my body is a vessel. It's here. But what's my awareness of it? We get so caught up on the computer and I won't even know that I'm, you know, kind of all mumbo jumbo in a terrible (laughs) posture. Yeah, yeah. And then when I'm bitter and angry and tired later, it's because I've put my body in so much stress. So that's the next one. And I think these are all coming to my final, most beautiful, powerful piece. Um, I love coaching. I've not had coaching for maybe two, three months now, and it shows because there is no end game and life is happening and we are reacting, responding and absorbing it. So I will need those monthly deep dives. And I mean like two to three hours of what am I reacting to? What's my emotional state? What are my goals? What What is my truth? Who am I right now? What's important to me this year, this month? Mm. And what am I doing towards it? And what am I doing away from it? So those things. And I think all of those things are discipline. And for me, discipline is my medicine because uh-huh. laziness is what drives. <laughs> you want to go there? Go there. Laziness is what we do as millennials. The laziness in us doesn't want to do the audit because it's painful and it's boring and it's sitting with yourself in silence. That's fucked, right? No one wants to sit with a notepad in silence and look at the dark parts of them. So Mm. we're lazy. We don't want to. We're avoiding the discomfort. So we book a retreat because someone else can fix us. Mm. Or we complain that it's because of our job. And oh, my boss doesn't understand me. Millennials are so hard done by. Well, I don't feel hard done by and I was born in the 90s. So I guess you choose your own adventure. And the less I choose to be lazy and the more I choose to live in discipline within like, you know, micro discipline. I'm not trying to be an army person with rigidity that prevents me from experiencing life, but Mm. I'm trying to create routine and structure that enables me to flourish, you know, the things yeah. the things that make you better, if you structure them into your week, then you have less time to do the things that don't make you better, like go drinking with your friends. Mm. So, you know. Oh my you gosh, I love it. Plan Someone for the said, things that you want more of or you get whatever. Someone said that structure brings freedom. Ooh. And I what that was the first time that I was like, okay, I'll have a conversation with discipline. Like Cause you I'm hate it. Kind of, you are way too like free spirit. You know. So easygoing. <laughs> so easygoing. And Yeah, but that's also a facade. But <laughs> And that's the thing. That's why I'm doing this. Because there's an element of, you know, the versions of us where and we both do energy stuff quite a bit. Mm. And I'll know, I'll support you in whatever. And you've supported me in whatever. But I'll pick up when you're pushing at something that you don't mean. And I'll be like, so Mm. easygoing. You're so easygoing, doll. Keep selling that. (laughs) They believe you. I don't. 
<laughs> no, you see right but through it. <laughs> routine makes me more easygoing. And I have to explain this yes. to my boyfriend all the time. He's like, why do you need to know our plans for the weekend? It's three days away. And I'm like, well, because I will not be able to relax until I know that I've got things in there that I can look forward to, that we're going to do the things that I need done before the next week, that we're doing adequate quality time together. Like I want to plan quality time. <laughs> Why does that make me a bad so person? <laughs> and he's like, can we not just go with the flow? And I'm like, no. No. Structure brings freedom. Having that in there means that you're liberated to be able to flow with what's in between. My mind like, is liberated. That's it. you like, I know I'm all good because I've got yoga here. I'm doing my meal prep here. I've thought about the week ahead here. Otherwise, you just are falling into each day and falling out of each day. Like, oh, I feel like I'm just so busy. You know, that's been such an unlearning for me. Like, I, I am the CEO. Like, <laughs> I get to choose what goes on. Like, I, I get to choose. And yet we've got things to do and growth and responsibility and also I'm in charge so isn't it funny oh, and like this, oh, it's so that's when you're riding the narcissism train because I go this is the Alana show and I actually know what's best for our vision and for all of us and then I'm like no no <laughs> no let's have a consultative approach but at the end of the day I do those things. I sit in my meditation. I sit in my, you know, vision planning sessions to be able to go with intention to my team meetings Mm. and say, I've thought about where we're going. So you guys don't have to. This Mm. is what we're doing next week. This is our plan so that you guys have the freedom within that week to shine towards Mm. those goals, you know, instead Mm. of this mayhem, you know, when you go to work and there's no task list and you just don't end up doing anything and then you go Mm. this place is a joke no Mm. let's have structure and it's the same with our lives why would we treat our lives less than we would treat work yeah yeah I think that's definitely a self-worth thing this that's been a journey of like I'm actually worthy and I am enough and that's why I go and get a massage once a month and that's why I journal and future self journal and it's why I do coaching as well it's why I see a spiritual healer and energy healer I mean all these things in the personal though come from a rooted belief that like I am worthy of those things of which course you are has been a a journey a journey a journey and for um, every single person in the world you are made of essence that is universal like and mm. I don't mean that to be a hippie cuz I sit on spirituality from like a semi scientific side you're made of molecular atomic mass and matter and so is every single other thing in the universe so you're as important as any other person in the world you're as important as any other thing that you like that you see like you're here and you're a part of this whole thing we're all made of the same thing I'm waiting to get to an enlightenment level where I can like become the lamp next to me because we're technically made of the same thing, but I don't know how to do that yet. Um, and then I'll know Ayahuasca. that we're like all essence and all connected. Yeah, maybe that's a plant medicine moment, but um, ah. yeah. 
But someone else um, said that to me today, Gemma. You know what? That I I kind of feel like that's where you're being called. Microdosing mushrooms or just ayahuasca, like an maybe. ayahuasca ceremony with love. With love, yeah, and honoring all the rituals around it. I don't know. Maybe there's a plant medicine that is coming to you. Are you sending it? <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you're saying? Because I, I can give you my address. <laughs> can I have a shaman come to the place? You are your own healer. No. Anyways. Can you draw a card for me, please? Yes. Yes. It's actually so beautiful because I'm like literally. Playing with them. The two that have come to you. Okay. So as part of sitting down and having these conscious conversations, um, it's really also about acknowledging the fact that there is so much unseen that goes on all around us and that there are really beautiful bridges that we can build with the unseen to really connect in. And to me, the unseen is like angels and guides and spirit and things that are moving around everywhere and that those things actually are there for the highest truth and good for all there's obviously a polarity like you talked about earlier Lana with everything but in this space I really love to build a bridge into the unseen for the highest good and truth and so I've pulled two cards for Alana from my oracle deck I've got the starseed oracle by Rebecca Campbell which I love this is the um beautiful deck I'm just showing Alana we're on zoom oh my gosh I need some it's just so beautiful have you done oracle cards before yes I used to with one of my um, friends, Harry, he would do my cards for me in like a seven configuration or something. Okay. So amazing. And one, the most powerful thing ever was one experience that we had. We're laying out all of the cards and they're different colors for different themes. And so my entire draw was green except my future card which was blue and I was like who can possibly draw every past present fears whatever like all of these things were the same category and then my future was completely different and I was like (gasps) (laughs) it all means something it was so amazing what was the learning from that experience for you I mean I can't remember it specifically I was so I felt so supported in that moment. Like I felt, I think there have been many times where I've left myself and my life into just accident and chance and I end up feeling quite wayward or drifty or unstable and uncertain. And at that moment it was like, yes, that's exactly it. I want change in that direction, it was so positive, the future card. And I just felt like, thank thank you. I can do this. Mm. The universe is sending me this energetic message. It knows where I am. It knows how I feel. It knows everything that's going on in my mind and heart and fears. And I am on that path. Like it is coming. It is going to happen. It was so beautiful. Wow. That's so powerful. That's what I love about what this can do. It's just really affirming and encouraging. 
And yeah, okay, so the two that I have pulled is um, Star Family. Yes. Which is so interesting because as you've been talking on this call, I've just felt like, you know, out of all those people that we, you know, were with, the two of us have stayed connected, you know, and there's something that I can't quite put my finger on, but like we could not go year, we could go years and not see each other. And 100%. it's just like yesterday. And this star family like card is about calling in support from like those people who you just know are from like the same space and place. But basically, this card speaks to the fact that we're all part of a soul cluster and a gathering of souls that broke away from one another to experience themselves individually. Those who are part of a soul cluster are part of your star family. And I was feeling through this call, I'm like, Lana and me are from like a soul family. Like this is something different, you know? 100%. Um, so we're from a similar cosmic cloth. We've experienced lifetimes together and our souls may have been one. Oh God. I think so. How crazy <laughs> was it? Like we became friends straight away in high school. We could not have been more different in high school. <laughs> I am your typical A-type personality. And you were like, sorry, babe, I'm stoned. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm spit stoned. And I was like, do you want to buy how is she so, Yeah, How is she so easygoing? But I love her and I just want to like hang out. And we've always had, it's that energy connection. Like you are just good vibes. You are always uplifting. You're so joyful to be around. You have so many dreams. I admire, adore, need to be around that. Oh, reciprocal. It's all a facade. Like, do you want to buy some weed, man? Internally, just utter chaos and destruction and trauma. Well, me being like the world's greatest student, I think, was, you know, the same thing. I was like, I want to be her. Yeah. I'm like, I want to be easygoing. I'm so insecure. Oh, it's so good. Um, So, for this card, um, It can often feel like you're looking in the mirror of like your soul family, you know, like that's the vibe. Um, You want to go out of your way to help those in your star family and instinctively you just know that it's part of your path. And so thinking about the people in your life, who do you feel is part of that star family? Obviously beyond you and me, like we know that in this moment. If this card comes up for you, it's likely that you've met someone who is part of your star family or you're about to meet them. And so this inquiry is just really around for calling in support, like who do you think is from the same star family as you and how can you call them for support? Because they're from the same space, you know? Dude, this has been such a theme for me probably this last year, COVID. God bless COVID. We love COVID for the deep audit that it forced on everyone. I truly, there's the good in COVID and it's, I lost so many friends. All my good time Mm. friends, you know, Mm. I lost all my long lunch friends, all my designer Friday night bar friends, they're, they all, they all, you know, (laughs) disappeared into the COVID abyss. And Mm. I would say that, you know, in the past six months, it's been a consistent 
pop up, but it comes up through other people's discussions. It comes up in my meditations. It comes up in when I'm catching up with people and talking about, you know, other people. I'm so blessed now. I only have friends that I talk amazingly about. My English Mm. is getting worse the longer this call goes. Like I worship and praise and speak so highly of all my friends. And I can't say that that's always been the case. And Hmm. we've had clicky groups before where the idea of the group is to kind of power play against each other. How is that a thing? Like, thank God that's over. And because where, you know, your audience is millennials, let this be that moment of permission. You can actually find people that you want to always say nice things about and you know that mm. they feel that way about you too. And there yes. is no competition because the, we're all at the, the card said it, like we're all connected mm. into source. Mm. There is so much out there for everyone. Even mm. if you're in a group and everyone's the same job, don't be <laughs> worried. You can all succeed. There's enough space for everyone. Maybe you succeed together. And I think Like even this week, one of my newer friends who I feel a soul connection to is like, let me support you in all of the things that I know that you don't like doing. That's what that's about. And I was like, in return, I was like, you know what? I can support you in these things. I would love to help you with this. And feeling this, like I'm having messages today um, that said, like, I just want to be able to support you the way that you support me. And this is the conversation that we're having. Why not? It costs nothing to introduce someone to someone else or to hear someone's ideas and brainstorm with them or to hold space when someone's crying because they're upset. Mm. Like, what does that cost you? Mm. And if we do that, like you choose to do that, that's what's coming and finding you because it's not like karma. It's more like the people that don't like that behavior will just piss off. Well, that's it. <laughs> They're just and like, ew, she's so nice. She's so annoying. I'm so off her. <laughs> and I feel like because you have such a grounded practice around filling up your own cup, you're able to do that from a place of overflowing. You know, it's not about being resentful or trying to be strategic. It's like, I'm so overfilled, like overfilled, yeah. overflowing, like, how can I let this goodness flow out into my life? And then, of course, it comes back. It's it's the way that it works. It's just You're beautiful. literally spot on. I spend probably like 70% of my week by myself. And mm. I'm introverted, so that's my dream. If Amazing. I send it too far into, you know, a social commitment every night or seeing people every morning and not doing my at-home nosy weird shit then I have nothing to give but if I spend my whole week and it's all nosy all the time focused on me self-centered self-care and work and working out and all the things I love by the end of the week I'm like yearning to catch up with someone and help them like mm. I'm lonely by the end of the week I all I want to do is hear about someone else's life mm. so it's not a burden but I'm not saying in any way Like I would ever commit to making my life about holding space for someone every day. I don't have that in me. Mm. You may. (laughs) You feed off energy from community. Mm. I stockpile energy and, and contribute in community sometimes. Yeah, I definitely feel so energized in those moments where someone recognizes 
how they've held themselves back from what's possible. And then like there's a light bulb moment where they're like, I can take practical steps towards a dream, a goal, an idea, a possibility, and I'm in the driver's seat. And I think that for me has been just like the most exciting, like I am alive by dreams. I'm a Pisces. Like I'm just dreaming, dreaming always in this kind of dreamland, you know? And when people share their dreams with me, I'm just like, oh my God, like, you know, what's it going to take and what support? And, but I think what I've discovered over time is that there's a real difference between help and empowerment. And if someone wants to empower you, they really want to position you to realize that you have everything you need and you have an infinite ability, abundance and possibility within you to cultivate that within. And I feel like helping someone is a really transactional space where it's Mm. like, I've got something I need help with. I'm going to go to someone who I think knows more than me, ask them for their advice. They give their advice and I take that back. And it's really transactional and it really actually robs you of your personal power of like, cultivating a relationship within to discover those things and so yeah I just like am set on fire when we get to have those conversations that are about dreams with an empowerment model I'm just like fuck yeah let's go so um there's one other card here that I have pulled which is the seven star sisters which off what is this this is just some woo-woo shit Lani because this is about birthing creations, tapestry of life, and expression. It's which it's nonny. <laughs> it's, yeah, hello, it's your new baby. So this is all about the fact that you are honoring this creative process, but it's actually not just about you. Like you are bringing in a new consciousness that's been longing to breathe like been breathed into life you know it's just been kind of sitting in the realms and this is kind of like a a conscious birthing it's money yeah yeah and postpartum recovery has been desperately waiting in the in the sidelines to come out and be shared to help people and we're birthing this consciousness it's literally conscious recovery and it's so important uh, since becoming a mother, I get it now. Like it's actually so fucked up how that fourth trimester is and, and how I'm little support not there is. A mother, and I'm like, this is fucked. <laughs> yeah, um, it's powerful. Yeah. So this card's saying that you know what wants to be birthed through you. What new creations are being whispered in your ear? What beauty are you making? Um beauty that's like the core value isn't it one of them yeah. um what beauty are you being called to make creativity and intuition come from the same sacred place and you find it when you're flowing with life which I guess is kind of this beautiful place where you've come into alignment with your purpose and now the universe is just dropping things in um the inquiry is just like what new creations are you being called to birth there's so much coming. It's very exciting. I mean, we were talking earlier about meditations and accessible, really short, free resources. Like, it, again, what does it cost me to offer support 
10 minutes, 20 minutes, you know, how is that? And if that can be scalable, honestly, I just feel like there's something so beautiful about what you're creating through your business. Thank you. And And you. It's just of service, you know, it's, it's, it's here for the greater good. Yeah. One of the things that my coach always brings up when we're looking at, um, people's likelihood of success, I suppose, and what they want to do with their life. It's this concept of service to self and service to others. And if Mm. they're in equal waiting, or if you really focus on service to others, there's so much potential for you to get service to self. And that's, you know, in terms of knowing your worth, learning value, what to charge, how to accept money, all of those things. Mm. But it's also about knowing that the things that serve me, can I share them to serve others as well? Like why do we Mm. hoard some of our secrets to joy? Mm. You know, I'm not going to show anyone the manifestation meditation that I use. Like what? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Can we put that in the show notes? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, it's absolutely like the intention behind creating this podcast is what I found is that a lot of well-being is like well-being has become a privilege. And so I'm just really passionate about how you can actually make medicine accessible outside of a primary health model and I guess it's been really beautiful to just hear your secret source and to open source that to the listeners of like meditation self-awareness alignment with purpose getting rid of people pleasing Mm. you know like these are really powerful things that cost nothing to implement except you know, a willingness to go all in on your potential. I think like the thing that seems so unfair now is we've been so privileged where we've been able to afford a certain level of wellness and Mm. well-being through all different avenues, right? Even like massage is just so unattainable to some people. Totally. And I'm so acutely aware of how privileged we are, I am. And when I look at the biggest gifts that I've had in terms of being fulfilled and content and okay with myself have come from coaching. And coaching Mm. is one of those things that's just so out of reach because it's Mm. so expensive for so many people. Mm. And can we just share some of the things, the bits and bobs that come out of it? Because one bit or bob might give you 10% improvement. And like I get so frustrated now that I see on Facebook ads well-being, mental health being exploited into this multi-billion dollar business, you know, mm. download my $29 ebook and I'll show you how to ha- be happy. Like people are falling for that because people are miserable and we yeah. have almost a duty of care as humans Yeah, to not exploit someone's at-home depression that goes, okay, maybe totally. $29 is what it will take. No, yeah. Like, why are we not offering more resource? What's your message to the person scrolling on their social media considering buying the $29 ebook on how to be happy? Say, um, you know how to be happy 
So avoidance is what you're currently doing. You're expecting that the $29 ebook is going to fail. I know you are because you're not an idiot. There may be some good nuggets in the $29 ebook, but buying, not buying it, there's nothing you can buy that will fix your life. Mm. So maybe give yourself $29 for half an hour of work and have a look at what you're avoiding. Make some tough decisions. What's the worst that can happen? Oh, yep. That's the tea. Sitting down in communion with yourself. Or with Fuck, someone that else. that was hard. Call someone and ask. Like, call Gemma. I'll put my phone number on the internet if anyone wants to call me. I'm happy. <laughs> well, slide into my DMs. Yeah, slide into my DMs and let's have some... Because I'm not in a perfect place, right? I still go to all of these things. I still need all of this support. And I think Mm. the more I focus on my purpose, the more I delegate other areas of my life. So I delegate a lot of my mental health baggage to my coach and I allocate an hour and she does most of the heavy lifting probing. And Mm. I go when I'm really tired at the end of the night so so that she can get the answers out and I can have that breakthrough, right? Mm. I delegate my body to my massage therapist because I choose to work more sometimes. Sometimes I work less, but when I'm working more, I have more massages. Mm. I delegate that. I'm not doing all of the stretching during the day. Let's go get that support. Um, Mm. I delegate food. If I want to eat well, I'll buy healthy food rather than spending the time on that. If it's a choice between, you know, doing yoga or seeing a friend or working, they're the three things that I would choose before I make a meal now. But there was a time where I was so, had so much time, hated my job so much that cooking was my favorite thing in the world. It's just another Mm. example of how we change. And Mm. when you find something more important to you, something has to slip away. Yeah, that's so important. What are your things? What are my things for what? Your medicines. Oh my gosh. I feel like I need to do an episode on it. My medicines. Yeah, like me interviewing me. But it's interesting because like... You should. When I first started therapy with my drug-induced bipolar and schizophrenia, the thing like that made me crazy was obviously all these voices and hearing and seeing all these things but I just personified some of them in a new way so that I could have a relationship with them and build and cultivate self-awareness and so yeah I would definitely say that like cultivating self-awareness having a reflective process with one of these entities or voices or you know, whatever, which has now become having a conversation with myself because I am not my thoughts Mm. (laughs) to just sit in reflection has been really powerful as well as to just sit down and connect a pen to paper and just channel. That's been very therapeutic for me. So I feel like there's a lot going on for me, creative. I feel a lot. There's a lot of inputs. There's a lot of outputs. There's a lot of just like, you know, my number one strength with gallops is connectedness. And then number two is futuristic. So I'm always just like, you Somewhere know, else. Think- <laughs> 
Simply put, somewhere else, yes. So that self-reflection and then grounding, like getting back into my body and being really that? present. For me, it's it's been a journey since becoming a mother, which has been my journey into the feminine, of just simple things like, oh, this coffee smells good, or like, oh, I love how my feet feel in this grass, or yeah. like... When someone offers to do something for me, I say yes and I'm receiving or like, yeah, even just like noticing when I'm having a shower, like the water is on my body and I'm in the shower. Like I just try That's and just like mindfulness, right? I'm trying to like look at the moment because often things will be swirling and twirling. So would you say that's mindfulness? Yeah. Ooh, okay, that's beautiful. So drinking coffee can be a meditation or a meditative practice. It's not necessarily, you know, the true meditation where we focus on the breath or focus on a mantra or, you know, think about clearing the mind of thought. That's unattainable, right? We will not clear the mind of thought and that's fine. But if you drink coffee and you spend that three minutes aware that you're drinking the coffee – and examining the coffee. Like that's where your yes. focus, your attention, your awareness is. That's mindfulness. Attention, oh, yes. focus, and awareness. You're doing it all the time. It's connecting you to the present. Mm. And when the past doesn't exist, the future doesn't exist. Mm. So we can't make anything out of those things. Mm. Like I can't Beautiful. prove that the past happened really. So I'm over it. It's done. But here I can do so much with the present, which is why I think it's so wonderful. Like you've got your practice, I've got my practice. Hmm. We feel so much more empowered because we're living in a time, the present, that we have control over some of the things that are going on. Hmm. The idea of anxiety is about the future, which we cannot do anything about at this stage. Wait for it to come, then worry about it. Oh, honestly, this is so profound and it's only just really dropping in for me. I read a book as part of book club in January, Wherever You Go, There You Are. Yeah, have you read wow. it? No, I've not, but I love that. I think you would love it. But it was just like literally about wherever you go, there you are. So will you be Don't we there? feel dumb? It's like Roald Dahl was the most fucking philosophically enlightened person in the planet writing kids books that we still can't comprehend. Mm. you know what I mean wherever you are wherever you go there you are and yet we try to deny that and live in this alternate world of but what happens tomorrow what will happen if I get to work and they all hate me what will happen if Mm. I get fired tomorrow bro what happens if you don't wake up tomorrow like you want to worry about that you could worry about so much shit now and get so much more outcome hmm it's been really beautiful becoming a mum with this because Malachi He's is like, we're here. here. <laughs> He's like, like, will you meet me here? Like I oh. went and picked him up this afternoon. And I saw him and I was like, oh, my God, Malachi. And he was right in the middle of, like, disassembling his lawnmower. And so he's just like, mummy, lawnmower. And we were just, like, sitting there, like, putting the lawnmower back together. But I could have, like, run in and then been, like, rushing and, you know, oh, we've got to go here. I'm worried about that and carrying all the baggage of the day. And I was like, you know what? Let's sit down 
and do the lawnmower because that's where we are right now. And it's done. Yeah, I think you've really helped me reframe what mindfulness looks like and sounds like. Even putting on my makeup in the morning. Like, I love the stillness of just like eyebrows. You're saying all the mindfulness words stillness, focus, awareness, attention. It's, and I would love for it to become more attainable by people. So, you know. I have people in my life that think that they cannot meditate because they do not enjoy sitting still. Okay, so don't sit still. (laughs) Mm. That's my response. So don't sit still. What's a really simple way someone that's listening could, could start mindfulness and meditation practice? What? Choose your own adventure. Become aware. Do you go for walks in the morning? Okay, try one thing. Count your steps, one to 10, start again. Notice when you lose count, that's mindfulness and meditation. Um, If you like going to the beach, can you watch the waves and then become aware when you're thinking instead of watching the waves? If you like coffee, can you notice the heat, the taste, the texture, the sensation in your mouth, the feeling of it travel into your belly, the warmth, all those things are mindfulness behaviors. If you like listening to music, can you listen to music and just listen to each word without preempting what's to come, without getting distracted, just absorb? Um, That is all mindfulness to me. I'm not the guru on it, but like, you know, it's my experience. I make my own rules. You can make your own rules. Whatever makes you feel settled and aware that you're here. That's what you're talking about, right? That awareness that you're here now, what you gave to Malachi playing with the mower. For me, I think you chose to pick him up. So you should participate in that instead of choosing to pick him up and then letting it become, oh my God, we're late. Why am I doing this? get ready, get up, get up, get up. No, you made that choice already. So you may as well lean into where you are. Mm. The choice is already made. You're already there. You may as well be there. It's the same with traffic. Like why is traffic so stressful for us? What is the Mm. alternative to sitting? So let's sit and do something other than stress. (laughs) Mm. Because we already chose to get in the car and go there. We're now stuck there. So... Maybe you do to some breaths and count the minutes without attachment to it being a negative. Yes, I love this. Or some Kegels. Or both. <laughs> do your Kegels. Shut up, mamas. <laughs> Give yourself a little wank, little car wank. Like, I don't know, find your bliss. <laughs> Hashtag, print, Hashtag. Me on a, print me on a picture frame, print me on some wooden blocks and put me on your dresser. <laughs> Life is pleasurable. This is <laughs> this is the mantra. This is I receive what you are sharing. This is beautiful. Yeah, I get confused between life is easy as my meditation mantra and I am easy as my <laughs> like horny mantra. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lana, that definitely took a turn. Um, Yay! I think that's a really beautiful note to finish, though. Um, I just want to ask one final question, which is just for, I don't know, other millennials navigating a quarter-life crisis or even your younger self, what's the one piece of advice that you would give? There is so much time. 
I think is the first thing that I would want to just say to myself then. You can start over as many times as you want. And for me, it's career because I'm such a work-centered, I focus on success being work, which is my joy, so whatever. But I would say, you know, at 25, you will work another 50 years. (laughs) So you can try at least five things and you'll still get, you know, somewhere in each of them. And that is what liberated me to be like, okay, I try. And I start again at 30 if I fail. Amazing. Yeah. Just I love that. What's yours? I love that. Do you say one every episode? No. Have you ever you're said really one? T- you're really turning the tables here. Uh, um, let's see. Um, hmm. I would just say the you are your best coach guide healer and the more that you can become aware of what feels good and right for you rather than outsourcing your power to somebody else or like the next TED talk or the next job or the next podcast or the next relationship and the and kind of like realize that that happiness comes from within and only you know what feels good and right for you only you are there to give yourself a permission slip to do the thing, say the thing that is in alignment with your true self. I feel like, yeah, if I'd known that lesson a bit earlier, I definitely would have just had a little bit more confidence and trust with like who I really am. Fucking oath. I'm going to say like my one last thing and then I'm just going to hang up, which, <laughs> which is Alana no one is coming to live your life for you. No one's coming. Mm. No one is going to care enough about your life to do it all for you. You're the one that cares the most about your life. So just go do what you want instead of waiting for someone to do for you what you want your life to be. Mm. If you need oh, some bravery, so it's like no one else can do this for you. So how bad do yes. you fucking want it? Yes. It's your unique mission soul's mission when you get into that soul space beautiful alana thank you so much for being on the podcast i have so loved enjoying this space and time together and for everyone listening if you're wanting to get in touch with alana alana what's the best way that people can like get in touch with you find out more about your amazing business ventures do you want my phone number No, um, maybe you can find me on, on the interwebs at Nolan Alana. I think it is. I'll put, I'll send it, I'll put it up. Um, and I'll put up, you'll put it up on the podcast notes, Nuni, the maternity revolution. Yes. Nani, come through. Groundbreaking, ground shaking. Thank you so much for having me. I love you forever. I'm so proud of what we're doing. Oh, I love you too. And I just feel it's so beautiful that all the time passes, you know, and we jump on again. It's like, it's like it was yesterday. You have such a special place in my heart, Alana. So thank you so much for doing this with me and going into the dungeons of the woo-woo. See you next time. Well, that's it for this episode. Thanks for tuning in and thanks to our special guest. This is your chance to take a moment for yourself and really reflect on what's landed for you over this episode. Yep, right now. 
Pull over in the car, stop working, take a minute and write it down and turn that into one actionable goal so that you can integrate and apply what's come to light in this episode into your life. If you're picking up what we're putting down, please take a moment to rate and review this podcast. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button to be the first to hear when the next squeeze of Audible Juice is live in a new app. If you have a topic you'd like to hear more about, please slide into my DMs on Instagram. See you next time. This podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition.